Very different morning than I anticipated. I thought today we'd be celebrating the fact that we are entering step three. The province officially entered step three at 12.01 this morning. But, you know, when you look at what happened in Barrie, geez, how much more can we take? I just feel horrible for the people in Barrie that uh, were victims of that tornado yesterday. It seemed to come out of nowhere. You know, luckily, uh, no one died. We, we remember, look back to 1985 and that horrible tornado that ripped through Barrie. Uh, it, it was like a redo, except we didn't have the, the loss of life uh, yesterday. So uh, I, I think most of us have either been talking about reopening over the last uh, 12, 15 hours or... The tornado in Barry or both just an idea. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was just peeling through, uh, social media online yesterday, taking a look at some of the clips of filming that people did, uh, over the course of what, maybe 15 minutes where that tornado touched down in Barry. And one of the, the uh, pieces of audio that I heard on the station yesterday that I want to replay was this guy working in a construction site. And he is standing in a store, um, a stairwell looking out and he sees the funnel cloud coming. And luckily, you know, there are steps leading downwards. Hopefully he went down after he looked out, but he sees the tornado coming at him. Rob, you want to hit that? Okay. This came out of nowhere. And there goes the power. Holy shit, there's a tornado right there. Oh my God, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Yeah, terrifying. Natalie Harris, who is a city councillor in Barrie, she's going to join the show at 1045, also had a very scary moment. She and her son ran downstairs. It gets even freakier when she goes upstairs and discovers the roof is gone. Oh my God, a tornado just hit our house. Adam, the roof is gone. The roof is gone. Oh my god, the Jeep's gone. Stay there. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god, the roof is gone. Oh my god. Oh, Adam, everything's okay. You're okay. Just keep the dogs down there. Oh my god, the roof is gone. I love how she uh, flips back into uh, mother counselor mode. Adam, everything's okay. Oh, my God. Environment Canada has confirmed that what touched down yesterday in Barrie was indeed an EF2 tornado. Here to talk about what that actually means, Dr. David Sills is executive director of the Northern Tornadoes Project, joins the show. Uh, David, you're in uh, transit now, right, aren't you? Well, we were, we're up in Aurelia because there were no hotel rooms in Barrie last night. So we're just about to head out down to back to Barrie and begin the investigation again. Okay. So what exactly uh, does the Northern uh, Tornadoes Project do? Well, our mission is to detect every tornado that occurs across Canada and uh, assess it and fully document it and make the data available to the public. So uh, you know, this is the busiest time of year for uh, for tornadoes across Canada. July is the peak month, and the middle of July is pretty much the peak time across the, the entire country. You know, it, uh, it, although it is the peak time here and across the entire country, I think many of us don't think of, of Ontario as tornado country. So how many are touching down in uh, Ontario normally, typically? 
Well, based on uh, statistics between 1980 and 2009, it's about a dozen tornadoes that uh, occur in Ontario. Uh, but, you know, we know that uh, a lot of tornadoes aren't being counted, especially ones away from populated areas. They just don't get reported and uh, it doesn't get documented. So that's part of the, the goal of our project is to, to get at those tornadoes that aren't being documented. And then we're certainly finding a lot more tornadoes in forests and uh, agricultural areas and, and places where there are not a lot of reports. We're using remote sensing tools, for instance, to see tornado scars in forests and uh, just coming up with way more tornadoes than we, we'd had before. So we're getting a much better picture of the tornado occurrence and climatology across the country. Despite the fact that uh, Environment Canada had issued a tornado warning yesterday and there were reports of funnel clouds from people, you actually can't. It's interesting when you think about a tornado, it, the it's not classified as far as strength of t- the tornado um, until after the tornado has passed. Unlike a hurricane that's out to sea and we can see that that's rated a class, you know, a category four storm. Can you tell us how you assess uh, how strong a tornado is? Sure. And that's because we assess tornado strength based on the damage it causes. So, uh, you know, we can only go in after the fact and and start looking at the damage to get an idea of how strong it was. And then we know the rating for the tornado. So Canada, Canada adopted the enhanced Vegeta scale in 2013. And uh, so that, that goes from zero, the weakest, to five, the strongest. And the damage that we saw yesterday uh, was estimated to be have a, have a maximum wind speed of about 210 kilometers per hour, and that falls in EF2. So that's a strong tornado, kind of in the middle of the scale, but certainly not catastrophic like uh, the Barry 1985 event, thankfully. What, what, what would categorize something as catastrophic? Because, I mean, we're looking at the uh, video footage of uh, Councillor Harris's house, and uh, her roof is gone. You can see the sky blue sky while you look up her staircase. And then she opens her door and her neighbor's houses are ripped apart. You see this one piece of fiberglass uh, pink insulation just floating in the air post-storm. Right. Well, I mean, that's pretty much the definition of EF2 is the, the roof off of a, of a house, uh, completely off. Uh, and it goes up from there. When the walls come off, we're getting into EF3. When all the, all that's left is a pile of rubble on the uh, on the foundation, that's getting into EF4. And EF5 is when there's basically nothing left. Everything's been swept away, and all there is is a slab or a basement with nothing on it. So, how often do you see that in Canada? Well, that's there's only been one uh, five category tornado in Canada, and that was the Eli tornado in Manitoba. Thankfully. Uh, there's been a number of EF4s uh, across Canada. The most recent was, uh, I think it was 2018, um, in, in Manitoba. Again, they, they're pretty. They have a lot of the stronger tornadoes in Manitoba. That just the ingredients come together for them there. You talk about categorizing um, your tornado into EF2 all the way up to EF4 or five. How do you assess in a forest if there's no roof to come off the house? Uh, what kind of category you're dealing with? Right. Forests are a bit different. Uh, you, you know, a single tree doesn't tell us much when it goes down, but uh, a population of trees tells us how strong the tornado, tornado was. So we actually use percentages of trees down along the scar. So with just a few trees down, we'll say EF1. If it's uh, all the trees down along that path, then it's, it's EF2. And if it's all the trees down along that path in a place where the, the trees are deeply rooted, that can get to EF3. So we can't go above that because, uh, you know, EF4, EF5, 
damage in a forest. You can't tell the difference between that and, and EF2 or even EF3, but uh, we can definitely tell when a strong tornado has moved through the forest. Dr. Sills, can you talk about the scar in Barrie, the tornado scar that was left, and tell us, you know, the uh, extent of the damage as far as you're concerned? Right. Well, I mean, we, we got uh, a few hours of investigation in last night before it got dark. Obviously, it's a, a longer track across the southern part of Barrie. Um, today, we'll be assessing where the start and at the exact end of that track is and how wide that track is. Uh, we've got uh, a drone that's that we can use to get aerial images as well. Uh, so we'll be characterizing this track in Barrie, but there are also other tracks. There are other tornadoes that, um, that happened yesterday, uh, one south of Lake Simcoe, another looks like it's east of Lake Simcoe, and we'll be checking those out as well. Some of those look like they've had some strong damage too. And what do you hope to learn from the track? Well, I mean, one of the things is is the building practices. When we go uh, into a, a newer subdivision and seeing the the kind of tornado, tornado damage that you know we're seeing, you know, we we look at things like the connections, uh, for, you know, the roof to the walls and that kind of thing, and how strong they were, and things were if things were built to code. And you know, we after doing this for a long time, it, it's kind of sad to see uh, that things aren't built to code sometimes, and things that shouldn't have fallen apart fell apart fell apart and uh you know it's, you see these all these people being affected there's hundreds of homes that were damaged last night and maybe tens of homes that um will be write-offs and a good chunk of those probably shouldn't have been that way so you know part of the work we're doing is trying to also improve the building practices the building code and uh, make make uh, communities more tornado resilient does some of the information that you're going to collect uh, over the next few days in, in Barrie about uh, how buildings were constructed, could that help out homeowners that have, you know, I know a couple of homeowners lost everything yesterday. Their houses are not going to be able to um, be repaired in any way, shape or form. Will that help with insurance claims? I don't think that will help with insurance claims so much. It's more forward looking than that. It's about getting getting new measures into the building code so that the next set of houses that are built are built to a stronger standard. Um, there there was a, an example down south of London, Ontario, where the builder actually built the the uh, subdivision to withstand an EF2 tornado. They used a, just simple hurricane clips. Uh, in the construction and longer nails, and that's pretty much all it takes to make it tornado resilient, at least to the EF2 level. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just a matter of uh, trying to adopt some of these practices in construction and, and get things into the building code so that our communities are built safely. How do you test that? I mean, short of a tornado ripping through your neighborhood. Oh, uh, <laughs> there was actually a project at Western University called the Three Little Pigs Project. And they'd build a house and then pretty much try to blow it down and see where the weaknesses are. So there's all kinds of ways in, in the engineering world to test this kind of thing. And a lot of it's going on at Western University. It's really a wind engineering hub for, for the globe, really. So are you just like uh, pointing very, very strong, large fans at these buildings and blowing away? That's that's one thing. There's actually a tornado simulator at Western, too, a big one. And uh, you can test things right in an actual vortex there. So there are a number of different ways to test these things, and uh, at Western, they're they're attacking it from all angles. Fascinating, uh, literally from all angles. One of the things I think that is remarkable when we look at the footage of the damage done with that F two EF two tornado yesterday in Barrie is that you know there are houses that are completely demolished, and then beside them or a couple over, they're absolutely fine 
why is that if the the tornado lives leaves such a, a big scar yeah tornadoes are, are particularly capricious that way um Sometimes you can get a tornado that's called a multi-vortex tornado. And inside the larger circulation, you've got smaller funnel clouds, smaller suction vortices, they're called, that kind of spin around the larger vortex. And these are the, these are the stronger vortices that, that actually cause a lot of the damage. And they're very narrow. So sometimes you can get damage, really strong damage to one house and then right next to it not have much at all. I'm not sure if that's the case in this one. We'll have to look at the video. So far, the video I've seen hasn't indicated it was multi-vortex. But uh, even even without that, it, it's amazing the, the difference in damage levels that there can be with a tornado just because it's such a narrow path. How helpful is the video uh, that's being shot by people, although you want them safely in their basements, uh, for your research? Right, yeah. That's, that's always the dilemma. You know, we, we really get a lot out of these videos and, uh, and learn more about tornadoes. But at the same time, we don't want people to be taking them because they're in such unsafe situations. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of storm chasers out there collecting video, and it's, it's really useful. But like you said, it's, it's just not something that uh, we want people out there doing and getting in the way of tornadoes. And I, I saw some video yesterday where people are actually in the tornado. Obviously, that's not where you want to be. How do, can you describe that? Because I can't even imagine being in the tornado because I thought when you're in the actual uh, vortex, it's relatively calm. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe right in the very center for a few seconds. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was one video where the person's looking out their uh, their um, windshield and all you, st- you just start to see debris circulating and then suddenly she's She's got debris everywhere, hitting the vehicle, breaking the windows. Oh. You know, it's it's really not obvious sometimes that the tornado is right upon you uh, until all of a sudden everything's flying around and your car is being lifted in the air. So it, you know, it's uh, especially in southern Ontario where it's you know it can be uh, hazy and uh, all, the skies are pretty murky with storms. You might not even see the tornado until it's right upon you. Whereas in the prairies, sometimes you can see a tornado for 30, 40 kilometers away. So in Ontario, it's particularly uh, challenging to get out of the way of these things. Yeah, my mother-in-law grew up in uh, r- around Palmerston, and they had a, quite a few tornadoes throughout her lifetime there. She actually said that the color of the sky would change before a tornado hit. Is there any truth to that? Because I've heard that before. Well, it can. Uh, a tornado, or uh, sorry, a, a storm with a lot of hail in it tends to have a, a greenish bluish tinge to it, and if it's got large hail in it, then it has a strong updraft, and it's it's capable of producing a strong tornado so you know you hear hear people talking about a green sky and and there is some truth to that it's not always you know it, just because a storm has hail and it doesn't mean there will be a tornado but definitely if, if you can see a green sky it's uh it's something to consider and you know you know that's a strong storm probably severe get out of the way get the shelter uh, you also hear people talking about a train noise or it sounds like a freight train going through and that's also true but it, but you can get that noise with other damaging winds too, such as a, a downburst. So it's not particular to a tornado, but definitely severe wind. And again, get to shelter. Dr. Sills, are you shocked that nobody was killed yesterday in Barrie during this tornado? Uh, after seeing some of the damage yesterday, yeah, I, I actually am. I mean, we saw one house where the first story collapsed and the second story fell down on top of it. And if anybody had been in that first story, uh, obviously they, they would have been in real trouble. Uh, I don't know if any of the injuries happened there. Hopefully no one was actually in that house. But, yeah, you wonder sometimes when you see this damage, how did anyone not get uh, get killed in some of this stuff? And we, 
we really seem to get lucky in Canada with these tornadoes. We rarely have uh, fatalities with them. And, and uh, sometimes it's just one, actually a lot of tornadoes, it just seems to be one fatality, one very unlucky person. Uh, whereas in the U.S., we, it just seems like there's fatalities all the time with these things. So uh, either we're a more cautious, cautious population in Canada or, um, you know, uh, people, people uh, know, know to get out of the way and get into the basement, I guess. Before I let you go, uh, Northern Tornadoes Project, you're tracking all of the tornadoes across Canada. Are we seeing more frequency of tornadoes in Ontario over the last uh, decade or so, in your opinion? Or yeah, your research, rather well, than I mean, opinion? Right. <laughs> Part of what we're looking at is collecting data so we can see these kinds of trends. Because, um, you know, until you have the full data set, you really don't know. Um, we, there has been an increase in, in weak tornadoes, especially across Canada. And, but a lot of that is due to the fact that there are a lot more people with cell phones taking photos and we're getting more reports of them and being able to document them. So you kind of have to pull these things apart, the kind of the human influence on the data and the actual, uh, you know, meteorological occurrences. And it's going to take collecting a lot more data to be able to pull those apart, uh, well. Dr. Sills, I want to thank you for your time. It's been really informative and interesting talking to you. Uh, best of luck today. It's going to be another rough day for you and, and your folks. I'm sure it's hard. You know, you're really dealing with the emotion of, uh, you know, what happened to these people's lives in Barrie as you investigate, you know, something that to you is, is probably thrilling and fascinating. The tornado that ripped through Barrie. It's, it's fascinating and it's, but you know, very sad. We saw a lot of people walking down the street with suitcases, uh, yesterday. Uh, everything that they could get out of the house uh, in a suitcase and, and heading to a hotel. So and when you see that, you think, wow, this is big impacts and uh, they may not be back in that house. That house mm-hmm. might be condemned. So, yeah, very, you know, our thoughts are with the people that are affected here, especially the ones that were injured and, um, you know, hoping next time it, it all works out better. Dr. Sills, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. My pleasure.